0: Hello, you're listening to We've Made It, brought to you by gathered.how. I'm Sarah Orm. In this week's episode, Zoe and I chat about how crafting is portrayed in TV and film and share some of our favourite scenes. On with the show! In this week's episode, we've decided to talk about crafting in TV and film, which is quite interesting, although I did find if you Google crafting movies you just get the craft which is a 90s film about teenage witches
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also did but we'll get into it further but there are some delightful internet um rabbit warren rabbit holes you can get ended up going down on this topic once you get past the craft which is a great movie um yeah so something that sparked this theme I think this is what gave us the idea for it tell me if I'm wrong was that um if you're listening and I think you may have heard of it. Bridgerton was on telly this Christmas. And um, in the craft industry, something that happened after Bridgerton aired and a lot of people watched it was something called the Bridgerton effect, which was there was a massive spike in embroidery searches. And in, Hobbycraft reported they had a huge leap in, 30% leap in sales of embroidery supplies, which they put down to the fact that the characters on Bridgerton were seen stitching in various scenes. And we thought, what, there are just so many lovely examples of craft on TV and film. What a great theme for the podcast, didn't we?
0: Yeah, and I think we did touch on it a little bit when we were talking about our vintage crafting as well, because, of course, there are all these fantastic films like Rebecca that really show off knitted jumpers and that kind of thing. Yeah, we've
1: definitely, you and I can easily digress into the the sort of vintage homemade costumes on a TV show. So this should be... In fact, when I was thinking about this one, it reminded me of how excited I was about doing the vintage patterns because there's just so many... I think we're going to struggle to keep this one within time. I think so, yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's, I mean, I have to say, though, when I was looking, there is there does seem to be a lack of movies where craft is the main theme. But there are mm. some which kind of touch on it. I discovered one which I'm really disappointed that you can't actually watch anywhere. But this is one of those really cheesy Christmas movies. So okay. there's, there's one called it's called A Crafty Christmas Romance. What? What? <laughs> I think I think the main premise is there's there's a woman called Mandy who runs a craft store. She runs a craft store and she gets a donation which includes a child letter to santa that's over 50 years old and she has to race to find out you know who the child is yeah who wrote the letter before christmas and what obviously got- she she meets somebody and falls in love along the way but i was really disappointed because i found a listing for it and yet couldn't find it available to watch anywhere otherwise where- i i very much would have watched it <laughs> where's the crafting I think the crafting is that she owns a craft store. Oh, but of course. Sorry, I I didn't get the impression that it was that integral to the to the plot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you're right because I was looking. There's so many examples we'll cover today, but I I think often it's like a little sideline. Like, and I don't know about anyone listening, but as someone that identifies as a crafter, I love it when one of the characters like let slip a little crafting. Like, so I watch a lot of films with my kids at the moment, and in trolls the trolls movies poppy is a scrapbooker which is just hilarious because she like she'll pop up and be like i just scrapbooked that um it's really funny and then also in other animated films recently in brave embroidery is quite a strong theme throughout
0: yeah i was going to mention brave oh,
1: oh, then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the source of the film but it certainly like sort of follows the narrative doesn't it
0: yeah it is key to the the plot and i think there is a the symbolic part where she has to basically mend the embroidery to mend her relationship with her mum which is really quite moving and you know Pixar they do know how to write a good story definitely they do
1: and there's I think symbolism around craft is something that I will be talking a lot about a little bit further on especially in terms of women's relationships and women's roles um yeah. quite often when you see craft in film there is a bit of a context of that happening
0: yeah I think I should mention one that I, I thought of while we were while I was preparing for this, and it's kind of a random one, but of course there is a crafting movie in a way, which is a Wallace and Gromit one, a close shave. It's part been of it, so long set, since I've watched it. Part of it is set in a in a yarn shop. Wendoline, who is one uh, of, of Wallace's course. customers, of course, owns a yarn shop, and the whole premise of it is that there's a robot dog this that is um, basically sheep rustling. But it is, in actually, I did notice in some of the, I've been watching a lot of Wallace and Gromit type things because I've been spending a lot of time with my nephews in the last year. And there are quite a lot of Wallace and Gromit episodes where Gromit is knitting. And Mm. it's either like they're like driving along or or he's sitting in a chair and he's just there knitting. And it's just quite cute. It's a really sweet little detail. It's funny,
1: knitting can quite often be sort of, used in films as this sort of quite a quite a comforting British hobby almost. And um, I noticed it in uh, the Harry Potter films, Dumbledore Knits. And again, it's another example of just as a crafter, you're like, oh, that's, that's a really nice touch. And I went to Harry Potter Studios a couple of times and they've got the animated knitting needles that you see in the Weasley's house that are just knitting as if by magic, you know, and that sort of put in this context of this homespun, cosy house,
0: Yes, I mean, and of course, Hermione does knit as well. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. So, there is a, for people who are not so familiar with the books, there's the house elves who are, I guess they're like magical servants, but they can be freed if you give them clothes. And Hermione is very pro house elf rights. And so she's knitting clothes for them to try and liberate the elves.
1: A bit of craftivism there.
0: It is very much. <laughs> But a lot of the time, I think in in films, it's kind of just, as you say, inserted as a cozy thing. But what I one I did really like was when I was watching New Girl. Oh
1: yeah, oh she crafts and she's yeah. book as well.
0: Yeah, so they have this this scene where like two of the main characters they're just sitting there, just knitting and chatting to each other. And when I saw that, I I just thought to myself like that is so familiar and so cosy and actually it was really nice to see it represented in a tv show yeah Yeah. that 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 is something that you do with your friends
1: it is isn't it and there is something about and i certainly love like the times that i get together with friends and we're making something at the same time uh and i think in fact knitting on film and tv i i stumbled on a fascinating article it's on the uk hand knitting blog i'll put a link in the show notes but they were talking about how funny it is when you see knitting on television or on screen and you know that that's not them authentically knitting, like they're just stabbing it with a the needle. They've got this beautiful piece of knitting in front of them and you can tell that they're not a real knitter. It's really funny. And I
0: think um, I, found some, I found something similar. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll go on. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about this one. So I actually found a blog where they talk all about how knitting is shown. Yeah, so I found a blog which is all about knitting in the movies. And it is called Blue Stocking.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a different one.
0: So this has yeah. been discussed at length on the internet. Yeah, it's called A Blue Stocking Knits. And she has looked at TV shows and movies. So like she's recently done one on or Creatures Great and Small, which is like a, a TV drama, which I think is set in is it the 30s? Yes, the 1930s. And so she's commented on how the characters knit in that. Because yeah. I'm sure if you're If you're an experienced knitter, it probably is a bit of a bugbear when you're watching TV and somebody clearly doesn't know what they're doing or they've got it, you know, they've got it a bit out of of date or, you know, anachronistic. It's not quite right for the time. So she has commented that Mrs. Hall's knitting is alarmingly chunky for the 1930s, (laughs) which um, I think is probably a fair point. And another thing she said that I didn't actually know was a thing is that her right hand is over the needle and apparently a lot of people at the time saw that as common like it was quite a common thing to do if you knit with your hand over the needle and apparently the posh thing to do was to have your hand underneath the needle I love that fact so the not, social I did not knitting.
1: Know. I did oh, not know that the-
0: was a, a thing which is really fascinating I wonder if there are other ways in
1: which the way you hold your craft tools had a sort of social connotation to it.
0: Yeah. I didn't because I really didn't know that was a thing. And when I was reading that, I was like, I thought to myself, that is really interesting. Oh,
1: there's so much we don't know in
0: the world, Sarah. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I know, I know. So much information and so little time. But it was quite funny because there were some people who left some comments as well hmm. about about seeing things on on TV. One person commented they'd seen a local theatre group and they had the actor knitting (laughs) Um, and it kept falling to the the floor and unravelling. And she said, I have to say I was transfixed by the unravelling, which was slowly taking place before my eyes. I wanted to leap up and snatch and throw the woolen needles. (laughs) But it was apparent that there were other real knitters in the audience in fits of giggles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah, and another, this is is slightly um, going off into a tangent into famous people who knit, but somebody commented that, um, she says, once about 25 years ago, I was in the old ground floor haberdashery at John Lewis in Oxford Street. And she said, next to me, was Angela Lansbury, very carefully selecting yarn. Oh. She was a, She was appearing in the West End at the time, so she must be a keen knitter too. I don't think I've ever seen her knitting in Murder, She Wrote, although Jessica certainly has a large collection of sweaters. So that was Maria. That's great. It's great behind the scenes stalking of celebrities fact.
1: Yes. Um, I also, the article I was reading also gave some examples of good knitting on screen. Um. And I very much view the UK um, hand knitting uh, group as way more sc- a bit able to spot this than me. So they said that Audrey Hepburn knits in Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'll put some clips to this in the link in the show notes. Um, and there are, it's true, there's a scene where she's sort of very confidently and just knitting and chatting at the same time. Although, interesting fact, Sarah, mm-hmm. controversial opinion. I didn't enjoy Breakfast at Tiffany's. Do you know? I've never seen it. And it's such a, well, it's an iconic film. And I just, I watched it and I was quite excited, you know, I'm finally going to watch it. And I was like, "Ah, oh, OK, hmm, interesting. Anyway, and the other, that's a tangent, watch it and tell me what you think. And the other one is Fargo, um, where, again, there's a scene where someone's just sort of knitting on a sofa, a bit like you said in New Girl, where it's just very natural. And the way it's shot is just as, as you would, just sit on the sofa knitting, you know, and it feels very in keeping with how that would actually realistically be for someone rather than the stabbing, <laughs> random
0: stabbing. I, I do wonder if they ever use stunt hands. <laughs> they get an expert knitter in to actually do the knitting bit. <laughs> I feel like that's something we need in real life sometimes. Well, it, it make, would make sense. I mean, you get stunt men to or stunt women as well to do The dangerous bits. Why would you not also get somebody to do the knitting? Can't work out how to cable? Get in your stunt hands. Can't work out
1: this bit of lace pattern? Don't worry. Ty, this is a job for the stunt hands.
0: Well, I always think it as well when you see somebody appearing to play the piano (laughs) on a film. (laughs) I think it's a similar (laughs) thing where you know they're not really playing. Sometimes they are. And I'm always very impressed when it's apparent that it is the person playing. Yeah. Yeah, not always. And you can tell. Um, in
1: terms of other crafts on screen, you pick which we talk. I've got a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about. One was needlecraft on film, and one was quilting on film.
0: Ooh, that's what you fancy. Let's go needlecraft.
1: Okay. So, this, oh my goodness, I've discovered the most interesting research on this that I think you would especially love because it combines some of your different interests, as in history and social history and crafting. And I was, I mean, we've talked in a previous one about Midsummer mm-hmm. and how they have all this beautiful symbolic folk. Scandinavian folk embroidery in that. But I also was interested in how embroidery is used on film to represent women, like in the Middle Ages, an older film. And I was thinking of Maid Marian in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There's a scene where she's sort of at her, at her tapestry, making this sort of Bayer tapestry sort of thing. And um, someone breaks in, and she obviously, because she's Maid Marian, like attacks them with a the poker because she's kick-ass. But then she gets kidnapped, and I read this really interesting article, which was talking about how she's a very strong female character, but then and her in her private female space she's embroidering, but then a man breaks in, and then she loses all agency, <laughs> and she's like she's then just a pawn for like the sort of battle between uh, the
0: other characters. I think I read a similar article article to you about how embroidery in films is often seen as almost like oppression. It's like you're being oppressed by having to stay in and do embroidery, which is quite interesting. I think perhaps in Brave, that's slightly different because it's about her accepting different aspects of herself, essentially, I think. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think it's more historically, and I read an, an, an interesting article about med about medieval, needlecraft in medieval times on film, and it was saying how um it's perceived now that at, in those days embroidery or stitching was a female pursuit and so it's seen on screen to represent feminine, women in these passive roles but in reality men were as likely as women to stitch in that time and then what happened is in later decades thinking around needlecraft changed and it became this sort of epitome of femininity and this sort of you know desired skill of women but and so as a result when we make Films looking back, we depict women as stitching, but that might not have been the the point at the time.
0: Yeah, I find that really interesting because I know historically it was actually women who spun the wool who did that aspect of it, and it was men who did knitting. I did not know that. Um, Apparently, I think it's particularly... I think it's in fishing communities. I may be wrong on this, and I'm sure somebody somebody will write (laughs) in and correct me if I am. But yeah, there was this division that women spun and that men then did the knitting or weaving which is quite interesting
1: I sort of feel bad for women I mean I'm not personally a fan of spinning my own yarn but I am a fan of knitting so I feel like they've got a raw deal there but I guess there must be people listening that love to spin their own yarn
0: yeah I don't know how many people actually do but this would be back in the days when you had to hand spin and it was a, a very involved job so to be doing that and also doing the knitting probably would have been a bit much
1: Uh, This is a tangent and we'll get back to TV in a minute. But on that note, you know how we can craft things? Yeah. Do do you ever think that if there was a zombie apocalypse, we would actually have quite useful skills that are needed? I mean, I think
0: to some extent, yes. But then (laughs) I also sometimes think, I don't know how to gut a fish. How am I going to survive?
1: But that's my point. I might not be able to gut a fish, but I could certainly help to knit garments to get the community through the winter months. Anyway... I actually don't know any examples of zombie crafting in a zombie apocalypse on screen. And if you're listening and you know one, please tell me because I would love to watch that. Should,
0: I would almost like to write that now just to include that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You need you need me on your team, I can crochet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I was thinking in The Walking
1: Dead. As they start to build communities, they rediscover all these older... Older, you know, historical skills I needed for survival, like gardening, mending.
0: Yeah, and I think we probably will at some point talk a bit more about the history of crafting and a bit about social history. But I think a lot of the time, some of the skills that we do now that are fun, in the past, those were completely necessary skills for Mm. survival, you know. And we're a little bit disconnected from that now because we don't need to make our own clothes or our own blankets to keep warm, you know, it's more of a thing that we do for leisure. But historically, it's these things were for survival or to sell to, you know, stay alive.
1: I wonder if that inbuilt urge to do it is something that's sort of, we're hardwired, possibly. Anyway, we digress. Other examples of craft on TV and film. Yes, I think you you did. Hmm?
0: Yeah, see, what else have I got? I do have some more stuff, just a second. Another random feature of knitting. (laughs) in a show, is in Mandalorian, one of the aliens sports a very nice cable knit sweater.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your ability to spot a nice item of knitwear on on screen is really second to none.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I have to say there's also a really lovely example, a lovely example of a sweater in his Dark Materials. Lord Asriel has a really fantastic jumper. (laughs) Jumper or sweater? Uh, Yeah, and when I was watching it, I was surprised how many people on Twitter were actually saying, I love his jumper. <laughs> Knitwear goals. <laughs> Knitwear so... <laughs> goals. I'm going to have to
1: rewatch it, which won't be a hard tip, as I love it.
0: Yeah, but check out Lord Asriel's jumper, which appears in episode one. I will. Yeah. Um, I've I got a... some... Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, I have some other stuff as well. Oh, yeah. So, tell me. Yeah. Let's see. Where have I got it? I, I first struggled to find a film that was all about... Crafting, but I did find that there is actually a movie-length documentary called Yarn the Movie. Really? Is it on Netflix? Please say yes. Sadly, no. I was oh. I was really disappointed by this. I think it is essentially more like an art film type thing, like an art documentary film. And it's one that doesn't appear to be on any streaming platforms or anywhere online. You can only see it at a viewing. Okay but i was looking yeah. at it going but where can i watch it because it sounds really fascinating so this is one that is a bit more about artists using yarn yeah and it's i think it does go through the process you know from from the sheep all the way to making the finished thing but it's very interesting because it's like an international thing and it's looking at people using it as For artistic purposes, people using it almost as ways to raise forms of awareness. Because I know there's one artist in it who basically creates these little grey yarn stars and uses that as a protest because apparently people prefer the wool of a white sheep. And so the grey sheep, the black sheep, are not as favoured. I think we definitely need to find out how to watch that. Yeah, I, I I don't know if you have to wait for it to come to your city. But I could not find a way to watch it online, unfortunately. But, you know, it does sound really interesting and there is stuff that's written about it, so you can certainly read articles Mm. about it.
1: Yeah, I'll have a look. I also wondered about, it's sort of going from the highbrow to the opposite end of the spectrum here. But And we're talking a lot about today examples of craft on film specifically, but on screen, I think... I'll just do a quick nod to the fact that I really love that there's a whole sub-genre of video gaming around crafts as well. So there's Yoshi's Crafted World, Super Mario, The Origami King, like numerous games, which the whole game is animated to look crafted or with a craft theme. And th- there's a whole, I've got a whole, I could almost do a whole podcast on geek craft and how much I love that as a sort of trope of crafting a theme within the craft community. But I think it's really interesting that it is, sort of an
0: established theme of some video games. Yeah, I was actually trying to think when we were talking about this about other ways that that craft appears, you know, I think we could certainly talk about literature and folklore maybe even as a separate thing. Mm. But, I mean, if you've seen or read Jane Austen's Emma, there's the part of that where the painting of a picture is important to the plot. So, her friend she paints a picture of her friend Harriet mm. Emma Woodhouse. Emma Woodhouse is the main character. You know, the, Emma. the book is she is the <laughs> Emma of the book, and her friend is Harriet, and she paints a picture of Harriet. And there's another character who makes a big fuss about this painting. Um like, oh, we should get it framed. This is an amazing painting. And she, Emma misinterprets it. She thinks that this person is interested in Harriet. As a potential oh, okay. partner, yeah. But actually, she's got it the wrong way round. This guy is interested in, in her as the painter of the of the portrait, and he isn't. He's making a big fuss about it because he wants to marry her. I see. Yeah. So this this painting is quite critical to the plot. But I I, I would like to know, like, if anybody comes across any film or book where crafting or art is critical to the plot. I think I would find that really interesting.
1: Yeah, and in fact so this brings me on to the thing I was gonna ask, which is like a little mini Sarah a Sarah challenge. Okay. Which is can you think of three films or TV miniseries where women quilting is quite central? Like
0: it's it is a central theme throughout. Because I can. Oh, I don't think I can. I think instantly for some reason my brain goes to Little House on the Prairie, but I'm not sure why. Oh, of course. I didn't have that on my list,
1: but Little Women was on my list because obviously the quilts throughout Little Women are a thing to behold in themselves. Although I guess they're not so much quilting them, but it's in that time period where quilting would have been like a real skill and sort of a real community skill. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think Little House on the Prairie, fit. I think perhaps because it's a similar era. Yeah. Is it the same author? It I is, isn't no. it? No. Is, is it? Is it Louisa May Alcott? hmm well, I didn't know she wrote Little House on the Prairie. I think it is the same woman. Let me check. Who wrote Little oh, House Oh, no, on that's the a different person. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that's Laura Ingalls Wilder. Okay, let's skip back. <laughs> what were we saying?
1: Little yeah. Women. Little li- quite
0: big. Yeah, Little Women and Little House on the Prairie. Similar, similar eras. And also, yeah, they do have that theme of of crafting almost as like a background thing.
1: Yeah, but there were two others that I thought were quite interesting to note. One is, and um, How to Make an American Quilt. Have you heard of oh, that film? No. Um, it was uh, early 90s, starring 90s Winona Ryder. So Amazing. already ticks many of my boxes. And um, it's this film about a woman, Winona, who is proposed to. And so, but she's not quite sure what to do. So she goes to visit some family. And when she gets there, they have a quilting circle. And so, and she realizes the quilting circle are currently making this group quilt, which is going to be a wedding gift for her with the theme of what where love resides or what love means or something. Anyway, as she goes to this group, the women then talk as they're quilting and share their own stories of love and relationships. And it helps her to work out what she's going to do about the situation. So I thought that was a really lovely example. And like the opening scenes have these beautiful close-up macro hand shots of hand women's hands quilting it's just lovely and then the other one was which overlaps with emma is alias grace
0: oh yeah that's one i've had kind i've had it on my list
1: to watch but i haven't got round to it yet you should definitely watch it and i've got the book here because it's based on a margaret Atwood book but the central character throughout is making a quilt in all of the scenes that she's being interviewed she's accused of murder and she's just talking and quilting but atwood uses quilting as very much a metaphor throughout various different situations and women's political situations and at the end of the film the quilt that she's been making is hung up and she's interwoven fabric from two of the other female characters in it so it brings a, and all the way through there are these beautiful quotes about quilting and the book each chapter of the book is named after a quilt block so yeah wow. let's yeah two to add to your list i think i think you'd enjoy them both
0: yeah i think i'd like i said alias grace definitely is one that i want to get around to watching which i think is on it it's on netflix isn't it that one
1: yeah i think i saw it on netflix when i worked on today's quilter we used to really geek out about it because it was on tv at the time and there's just some amazing quotes about quilting in there and how it symbolizes women. a lot of things about making a quilt symbolize a
0: woman's situation at the time yeah i think we do need to do one about books and literature as well because i've just yeah. thought of a re- i've just sort of a really good book that i know hasn't been made into a film really <laughs> Yeah. So I shall I talk about it now or shall we save it?
1: Oh, tell me. Well, tell me and then we'll talk about it in more depth later. Yeah.
0: So there's a book called Um The Corset by I think it's Laura Purcell. And mm-hmm. it's essentially a it's a ghost story. Well, ghost slash horror story. And it's about this young woman who basically she's brought up in, in poverty because her mum was from a wealthy family and married somebody below her station and was disowned in Victorian times. And hmm. uh, then she she kind of gets into sewing because everybody says like it's her only real talent, you know that she's got nothing else going for her <laughs> poor girl. and she discovers like she's got like a real skill for it. But there's also this kind of implication that she can somehow cast spells through her crafting. I wish that I could do that. So like so like she crafts something in anger mm. um for her baby um baby sister. Yeah. And then the baby then dies. And oh. she thinks that she has cursed the baby. And um it kind of progresses and becomes a stranger as it goes along and you're not really sure like whether she's mad or whether this is something that she's really doing like through her crafting she's inflicting this damage on other people and it kind of ends well begins and ends with her basically being accused of murder you
1: can't see if you're listening but my face right now is like staring at Sarah agog because I need to find out what happens next
0: yeah so you don't know if it is that Jen Jen like she is genuinely a murderer that she is genuinely out to get the people around her but the the kind of implication is that that it could have been magic but maybe not so it's I either thought, like it's either like you believe she's like cursing <sighs> people through what she makes yeah or <laughs> well, that she's like some innocent person who's just a victim of the circumstances around her. And she kind of ends up being, yeah, in this situation where she's accused of murder.
1: It's so interesting because I do think we do craft, I don't know about you, but I certainly craft my emotions into certain items as I'm making them. But hopefully <laughs> not to curse anybody. <laughs> no, I, I haven't made any cursed items that I know of. I don't think so. I don't really yeah. get that angry at people.
0: Yeah, I I think in some cases in the book, it it is aimed at people who have treated her badly. (laughs) So there's almost a little bit of like, you're you're like, am I rooting for her? Do I want her to have hurt people with these things that she makes? But it's interesting because actually it does have a lot of the technical information about crafting at the time. Like she does go and she works in a dressmaker's shop and there's all this detail about her making the whalebone corsets. Okay. So there is nice. The, there is some proper craft detail in it, and and the knowledge, the author's knowledge of the fabrics and that kind of thing, is I've, it comes through. I feel
1: like a craft shop is such a perfect, or a haberdashery is such a perfect backdrop for a film or t- TV show. There must be more that we've missed. So if you're listening, what have we not mentioned that you've watched that has a good example of craft on film?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm particularly interested in ones where the craft has actually had something to do with the plot, that it's made the plot move along in some way, because I think that's really intriguing, or if it's been integral to the whole story.
1: There must be some, and there must surely, right, if no one's made it, someone should make it, some sort of story of, like, women in a sewing machine factory in the war. Like, surely, like, this is the perfect setting for, like, a British
0: you know, like comedy film or something. Do
1: you know it's, what I mean? It's like the solidarity. It's, it's the... <laughs> yeah,
0: when you said that, I immediately thought of um, on Coronation Street where they have the factory. Yes, like that.
1: But in a sewing machine factory or in or seamstresses, I mean, surely there must be things that we haven't seen or come across in our research for today. Well, if, if we do come across them, I think we need to do part two. <laughs> Me too. And if not, on anyone's listening that's a filmmaker, there you go, free tip for you. You should really write and make that.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a nice place to end the episode. Yeah. So, should we talk about our projects of the week? Yes. What's, what's your one this week? Uh, this week, my project of the week
1: is um, a lovely tutorial that we've got up. Um, our workmate, Holly, um, has created it. It's a video tutorial for how to make a paper rose. And... Holly is so talented and she's basically made this, it just looks so realistic, but it's made out of paper, but it's also very easy to make. And so she's used a scan and cut machine for hers, but you can equally, she's put a free template up that you can just download and print and cut out at home. And, um, oh, it's a brother scan and cut, I should add. Um, And anyway, so but you can, anyone can make it at home. And you just you basically cut these petals out and stick them together and you can make paper roses. And she's put a video up and step by step and it's lovely and I'm going to try and make some this week. Do
0: you know what? That's weird because I actually very nearly chose that one. Did you? As... <laughs> it's so lovely, isn't it? <laughs> so it's lucky that I didn't, but I did actually choose another paper flower. So there is a project on the website that shows you how to make crepe paper daffodils. Oh my God, it's like my mind. Yeah, and I think it's daffodil season right now. Daffodils are everywhere. And I think they just make everything look so cheerful. But yeah. if you've got hay fever, you know, you <laughs> might not want them around. But these paper daffodils that we've got on the website, they look actually very realistic and they're really easy to make. I think the the crepe paper just gives it like a nice soft, quite realistic look. They literally look. They do look surprisingly mm-hmm. real. That's really funny. We've both picked paper flowers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, we should put I, I, those on the homepage. That would be a really lovely spring project to have on the homepage.
0: I'm going to do that. Yeah. So what's your one good thing this week?
1: Oh, my one good thing is a bit... Um, it's not very inspiring. Uh, it's it's hopefully a, a one good thing that many of us sometimes get to enjoy. I read a book in the bath last night. <laughs> but that's literally it. I read my book in the bath and then I got into bed and played some Animal Crossing <laughs> And it was raining outside. Now, it's sort of a combination of good things, but basically I gave myself just a complete night off doing anything. We're still in lockdown at the time of recording this and I'm really sick of my own living room every single night, so I actually just went to a different bit of the house and it was almost like a little holiday, <laughs> a sad little lockdown holiday, but I enjoyed it very much.
0: I think you have to take these little little pleasures where you can find them. I did actually see mm. somebody on Twitter who did like a whole fake holiday
1: so they've gone to the
0: extent of like making their own tickets they left the house they drove around the block in the car and they came (laughs) back and then they came to the house they even set up their living room as like a fake departure lounge wow (laughs) and to the extent where they kind of they had their in-flight movie oh that's loads
1: better than my I had a book in the bath (laughs) yeah holiday
0: (laughs) But they even went to the extent where they'd set up like a tropical destination when they got to the end. So they decorated their kitchen with all these big leaves. Oh, that's amazing. Um, they set up a little paddling pool as a swimming pool. <laughs> and it was mainly for their child. But I think this family, they had a lot of fun doing it. And I just thought that was really sweet. Oh, they said it was for their child, but
1: clearly it was for them. Um, what about your one good thing?
0: Yeah, so... I think I've mentioned on this before, one thing I've been doing is improving my baking skills. Yes. Particularly bread. And that's been something I've been, because I thought if I come out of lockdown with something, then a good thing to have is being able to make really nice bread. And I've got the hang now of doing cinnamon buns. Have you? So this is a, it is a BBC good food recipe. And basically you have to do all the kneading of the dough and then you have to make like a cinnamon spread and then slice it up into strips and then twist it. So you get like a really almost ornate looking twisted effect. And the first Mm -hmm. time I did them, they looked like, they looked a complete mess. They tasted great, but but the shape wasn't right. And I've now got the hang of doing the shape and they look really good. And I was just really, it's like we were saying about, We've said before about how when you craft something, you finish it and you get that sense of achievement. Yeah. So with this, it's like, I feel like I've mastered it. And this is now going to be one of my, I don't know, a recipe that's in my repertoire that I go to.
1: Oh, Sarah, you maybe want to go and bake something.
0: Go make cinnamon buns. Oh, I don't
1: like cinnamon, but they do sound amazing. And I want to make pecan maple pecan twists.
0: I think you could do it. I, I'm pretty sure you could substitute the cinnamon with other mm. things. Like, I think you could probably put in... Nutella, or,
1: <laughs>
0: or lemon curd, or something like that, and I think they would still taste good if you're not a cinnamon fan.
1: Well, actually, I like a bit of cinnamon. You
0: know, yeah, they, I would the say they're, they're not heavily cinnamony, so you could you could reduce the amount of cinnamon because the main cinnamon is in the filling in the middle and also in cinnamon sugar that you put on top. So they,
1: you can still, tone it they down. sound
0: amazing though.
1: And if we were in the office, I would definitely be wanting you to bring some in for us yes. to try.
0: Well, you know, in twenty thirty, when we get back, <laughs> when we get back in the office, imagine if we did this out of lockdown. Our oh, one good things, what they would be? They would be like, oh, I went to this cool lido, or, I went here, or I saw friends in a restaurant. I think part of the way I've been getting through lockdown is by reducing my expectations significantly. <laughs> yeah. I lower them right down. For me, a good day is like, is maybe I go for a walk and I cook something nice for tea.
1: A walk in the sun, yeah,
0: Eat yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Well. That's probably a good point to finish. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for listening. We hope you've really enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you've got any favourite crafting scenes from TV and film that you'd like to share with us and we'd really like to hear from you, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Gathered. And don't forget, you can find any of the projects that we've mentioned in this episode over on our website, gathered.how.